0: Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters.
1: We're back. Another episode of MASH Matters, the podcast celebrating the greatest television show of all time. I'm Ryan Patrick. And he is Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff.
0: Hello, Ryan Patrick, and they are all of our fans, every one of them. They're all out. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Sit down. Just sit down. Okay. Uh, Smattering of fans. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A clapping smattering.
1: (laughs) I had that once, but an ointment took care of it. Took it right away.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> How are you, sir? Hey, I'm okay, hanging in there. By golly, in this wacky, crazy world, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting place to live now on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to hear what they could do with Mars, just in case. I've heard good things about Uranus. Uh, hello, wait a minute, hold oh, everything. Hey now. All right, hold. there. All right, oh. golly, <laughs> it's a great way to start <laughs> episode war <20 more. laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, everybody. (laughs)
1: No, we have a lot of questions and voicemails. We're going to get to a lot of them in this episode. But before we say that, I want to tell you at the end of this episode, we have another big
0: announcement. Yes, sir. It's going to be a great announcement and a great thing to announce. (laughs) Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Testing. One, two.
1: So stick around. For that. Yeah. So we're gonna jump right in and start going through some of these questions. The first one coming from our friend Gabrielle Fortier, and she says, Great episode as always, guys. Can't wait for the next one. Ryan, I respectfully disagree with you about radar being too angry and goodbye, radar. Wow. It was just really hard for him to leave everyone behind while the war was still going on. I think Gary Burghoff gave a powerful performance in the episode. The scene at the end where Hawkeye finds radar's teddy bear on his bed is a favorite of mine as well.
0: My mom. Hi,
1: Gabrielle, you have been one of our longest, most loyal listeners. Yeah, uh, you've been one of our favorite listeners until now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was all good when you agreed with everything we said, but now you're respectfully disagreeing with everything we say. And so yeah. we're, I'm sorry, we're shutting you off. What a shame, Gabrielle. That's too bad. I'm sorry, Gabrielle. You are a, you are a lovely person, but I have to set an example for all the other listeners, because <laughs> if we allow Gabrielle to start respectfully disagreeing with us, then all of a sudden, all of our other listeners are going to start respectfully disagreeing with us. And we,
0: we just can't have that, Jeff. Can you imagine a flood of disagreements would be coming our way? What could we do? We wouldn't survive. I mean, we'd have to wear three or four masks for that. <laughs> Just a little joke about masks. And
1: just I mean. a little joke about Gabrielle, too.
0: So what do you think about that? I mean, she really believes in what he did and that choice of being angry about that. I I am kind of in agreement uh, with you, Ryan. I thought it was a little over the top, a little too much anger. I get a little bit of, irrit- you know, some of the anger a little bit. But I thought it was just a little uh, too much myself. And perhaps that is why Gary played it that way.
1: I mean, Gabrielle might be dead on with her assumption of what? why he did it my opinion though is if if that was the case shouldn't he have played that Up to that episode also It seems like that episode All of a sudden It was a completely Different radar Yeah I agree But if that anger Had been a slow burn Leading up to That episode I don't know that It would have been As jarring Yeah And we we had a tweet And I'm sorry I can't remember The person who tweeted us Saying hey I agree with you But you should have Asked Gary When he was on your show And my reply to that was uh, If we had asked Gary Everything we wanted To ask him We would still Be talking to Gary (laughs) Right now
0: <laughs> we yeah well you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that we might be able to get a hold of him and uh ask him that question because it's a certainly a a, a viable question and people are, seem to be uh have very strong opinions about
1: it well at least one person has it yeah, yeah. right <laughs> gabrielle
0: the one who we, we used to allow to listen to the podcast
1: exactly <laughs> Thank you for your note, Gabrielle, and thank you for listening to us.
0: And from Tommy Travis, Tommy says, greetings, Jeff and Ryan. I would just like to tell you that I think your podcast is outstanding. Yes. Thank you, Tommy. I, myself, am probably a bit younger than your usual crowd as I am only 32. But some of my first memories are watching MASH in my grandparents' living room. Did they know you were in there? Did you just sneak in. <laughs> I had sort of a falling out with a show when I joined the Army but that was more of a working a ton and deploying. A couple of years after I was medically discharged, I rediscovered the show. Since then, I have seen every episode a dozen times over. All right, enough about myself. This is about your show. Thank you for just having this podcast so that we fans can feel living closer to the characters with getting all the behind-the-scenes scoop from Jeff. Not to mention Ryan's knowledge of the show is unprecedented. Hmm. I had a quick question, though. Why did Radar leave the show? What is this Radar thing? For God's sakes. We're just going to change the show to Radar Matters. Yeah. At this <laughs> yeah. <point>. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, get over here. Come on, leave the cat alone and come on over here. Why did Radar leave the show? Was it Gary Berghoff's choice? Okay, I'm going to reveal this once and for all. I asked him to leave. <laughs> I, you know, he was really cute through the whole thing, and he kept saying, oh, choppers, choppers. I said, Gary, can you just do something other than choppers, choppers? It's getting a little old. No, oh, I like choppers. Finally, I just said, look, Gary, get out of here. That's it. Uh, you're gone. Maybe that's
1: why he was so angry in that last episode. Oh,
0: that might have been it. There you go. It's, you heard it here first. Tommy goes on to say also on – we hope we, we answered that successfully for you, Tommy – Uh, But actually, you know, Gary Berghoff, he did tell us why he left.
1: Yeah, Tommy, go back and listen to our interview with Gary Berghoff and you will hear from him why he left MASH.
0: Also, on the latest podcast, you guys read old emails and whatnot. One of them being about the perspective the show had on Koreans. Well, I'd just like to say that I am Korean. My grandmother met my grandfather while he was fighting in the war. He was a pilot. I watched the show with them and never heard them complain about anything. So I just wanted you to know, Jeff, that they appreciated the laughs you and the rest of the cast gave them. Well, so long for now. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. That's a lot of cool information there. Interesting. That is, yeah, that is. Listen, I was in. I spent a uh, number of months in Korea, and I fell in love with the uh, country. I love the people and the food and the uh, culture and everything. So uh, it was a very uh, fortunate experience I had, and uh, I can't wait to go back. The only thing is kimchi. All right, kimchi is a very delicious fermented cabbage dish, and it's very spicy because they throw a lot of stuff in there and uh, a lot of peppers and stuff, and let the stuff for mint and a lot of garlic. And it is delicious. However, no one in the home or room will be able to tolerate the way you smell. That's the only (laughs) issue. The amount of garlic that goes into the kimchi thing is so powerful. uh, It's an amazing event. When I first got to Korea and I went, What what is that? What is that? And he's well, that's kimchi. I said, Where's it coming from? He's well that guy over there. <laughs> what do you mean? Is he kimchi? No, he just ate kimchi. But I loved it and I ate it, and then all my friends left me. But if you if you're around other people who are eating it and you eat it, you don't notice it.
1: Well, MASH fans recognize kimchi from the episode of Moose and Men, when Frank thinks that he sees some Koreans burying a bomb when actually they're burying a a pot of kimchi and uh, hawkeye has the famous line don't you understand man you've struck coleslaw <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to the phone lines here is a voicemail from ward
2: well hello this is ward all the way down in pompano beach florida which is on the southeast coast just above fort lauderdale and i'm really enjoying your podcast ryan and jeff it's just so much fun You asked, what are we doing when we listen to your podcast? Uh, The simple answer for me is I'm usually driving. I'm kind of a private Uber for my wife, who has uh, been considered essential through this whole pandemic situation. And I've been driving uh, her back and forth in the morning, pick her up and take her back at lunchtime, and then uh, in the late afternoon. So I get at least, oh, an hour and a half a day, probably, of good listening time. And I'm spending it listening to your wonderful program. So thanks for doing it, Jeff and Ryan. Great idea. And we'll hear another one soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Well, Private Uber, that's nice to hear from you.
2: Private Uber, meet Private Igor.
0: Hey, nice meeting you. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope she pays well, uh, your lovely wife. And I mean, leaves
1: you a good review.
0: Yeah, very important. Very important. Well, that's nice. They're good for. Yeah, thank you, Ward. Yeah. That is interesting to know what people are doing when they're listening. Well, I guess, I mean, we don't want to know everything, but some things you're nice to know, so this is interesting.
1: And from Charlene Christian, Hello Jeff and Ryan, we have not heard from Walter or George since episode 5. Are they both okay? As someone who has had to work from home during the quarantine, I enjoy my pets being around and even sometimes interjecting into my meetings, so again this is why I'm curious about Walter and George. Keep up the great work, gentlemen, and I'll keep listening. Well, Charlene, uh, first of all, if this is your first time joining us, Walter is my dog, and George is Jeff's bird. George sounds really good. Oh, she's great. She's got a voice box on her. Boy, I'm telling you. Walter is fine. He spends most of his day laying around doing absolutely nothing, which is kind of what my daughter does, too. Uh, but every now and then he will sense that, you know, a leaf is blowing across the front yard and he will bark incessantly at it until that leaf is out of his eyesight. So Jeff, how's
0: George doing? Uh, George is just fine. George is a, uh, approximately 32 to 35 year old double yellow head parrot. I've had for all that time. I bought her as a little baby. She was in a little box and she had a little funny gray feathers. And I had to teach her how to eat by taking sunflower seeds from my own beak or mouth and showing them to her, and she kind of got the idea. So I would eat one, and she'd go, and she would eat one. (laughs) And now she is 34-something years old, and uh, she's a wonderful creature. I love her dearly, and uh, she bites the heck out of me sometimes. And uh, I return the favor every once in a while, and uh, we know each other pretty well. Luckily, uh, when my wife and I got together, I'd already had her for a number of years, and I was concerned that George might not like her, because sometimes they bond with one particular sex or the other, or some other creature that it considers its mate, and uh, I was its mate. And so, luckily, uh, she loved Sherry, and that was great. Good. It was a big, whew, that's a good thing. It would have been a fight.
1: <laughs> you would have had a Sophie's Choice there,
0: wouldn't I you? I would have yeah. <laughs> So thanks for asking. Uh, George is great.
1: Yeah. And uh, again, if you're just listening, yes, Walter is named Walter after Walter Eugene O'Reilly, Radar, his real name. And if anybody listening also has a pet whose name is inspired by a MASH character or a MASH actor, we'd love to see pictures of your pet. You can send them to us at mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com.
0: Or if you're sick of them, just send the pets to Ryan Patrick, care of MASH Matters, and he'll get them.
1: Along with extra kibble. In a self-addressed stamped (laughs) envelope so I can ship them back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And from Lara Mercer, Lara says, Hi, Jeff and Ryan. Wow, I love, love, love this podcast. I like, like, like that. I like, like, like Lara. I started listening to MASH Matters about a week ago. Like most people, I grew up watching MASH and still watch whenever possible. I work at a veterinary hospital. Hey, we're on pets today, aren't we? Mm -hmm. To say that working with the public right now in this new world we're in is terrifying would be an understatement. But like human medicine, the animals need help too. Absolutely. We don't stop from the moment we open until the minute we close. Well, that's a really good point. Poor little animals who cannot take care of themselves. They need some help too. So good work, Laura. Yeah. The stress and anxiety have been insane. I was looking for something new to listen to on my commute to and from work when I came across MASH Matters. Mm. I, yeah, I leave work exhausted some days and crying on others. Oh, gee whiz. I can't begin to tell you what a breath of fresh air you guys have been for me. It makes me forget the day. It prepares me for the day ahead and it makes me laugh and I need that right now. Hearing how you are all animal lovers is awesome. I, too, named my dog after MASH. He's named after the episode Mr. and Mrs. Who. His name is Chuck Emerson Winchester. (laughs) That's (laughs) correct. He even wears a mashed dog collar proudly. I know you must get a lot of letters, and I truly appreciate the time you're taking reading mine. I just wanted to thank you both so very much for the laughter, the smiles, and the fond memories you bring to me and many others with each and every podcast. I hope you plan on doing many, many more. Stay well and stay safe. Ah, that's very nice, Laura. Thank you very much. And take good care of those animals. They need it.
1: And take care of yourself, too. Yeah. Uh, Dean on Twitter says, I'm wondering if Jeff is willing to talk about residuals. I have always wondered if actors get rich when shows keep running for years, or is the slice of the syndicated pie so small that it doesn't amount to much? How are residuals different for actors, supporting actors with lines versus no lines, the director, etc.? Thanks, friends. He says, you both seem like my friends that I listen
0: to regularly. Well, thank you, Dean. We appreciate that. Hey, Dean. Okay. Never mind. I had to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Not too many people will know what that means. but I get it. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, (laughs) So, Dean, residuals. Yeah, baby. Well, residuals are a very wonderful thing. They are paid in accordance with various deals that actors make uh, when they sign on to do a series. Some deals are better than others, but the Screen Actors Guild has certain rules and regulations that everybody has to follow when, when agreeing on residual payments. So there are certain fee structures when a, when an actor gets hired and that Fee structure determines the payment of the residual. If I remember this correctly, and I may not, but when the show was actually run or any television show is run as a repeat or a rerun, we used to call it, you were paid the same amount of money. I think you were either paid the same amount of money you got for that show Or double that amount of money. And I can't remember when, but but either one was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like, uh, you're getting another job, but you don't have to do anything for it. It just came in the mail, which is great. It's a great job. Then when shows do a, a second rerun or they go into syndication, television stations buy packages of shows. So they may buy the right to show 26 episodes of MASH. And in that situation, the actors are then paid as per the syndicated agreement with Screen Actors Guild. So a certain percentage of the original amount paid to the actor is then paid on a package basis rather than an individual show basis. So all the actors are paid for this 26 episodes that that they're in, but they're not paid the original salary that they got the first time. It drops down. And the more times that package or that show shows over and over and over, the less the residual is. (laughs) <laughs> I'm exhausted from that. Oh, God. Did that make any sense?
1: Yeah. So the residuals, obviously, they're going to be different for, say, a member of the main cast versus a guest star, or do extras get residuals? Extras don't get residuals, right? They get a day rate,
0: don't they? They get a day rate, and they're beaten at the end of the day, yeah. just to make sure that they're going to behave them.
1: They're folded and packed away so they can be brought out and used again, right? <laughs> yes.
0: They're only paid for one fold, too. You don't get another. Uh, no, extras, you get a day rate and you're paid that amount. You don't get residuals. Yeah. It's only when you click into the Screen Actors Guild ruling and you're hired as an actor, which is under the Screen Actors Guild, and then you're paid whatever rate you know you agree on for that particular... Show or episode, gotcha. And they do, you know, they're a wonderful thing. I mean, it certainly is a great addition to my income. Mm-hmm. Although they have greatly <laughs> diminished, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a check for like eighteen cents. Have you really? Yeah, my Starsky and Hutch that I was in, it's uh, it's down to eighteen cents now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So if you are one of the main cast of a moderately successful show that does have reruns playing in syndication right now, what might a check like that look like?
0: Nauseatingly good. Um, oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, let's say if you're in a show and you're not necessarily a star, but you're getting a pretty good salary. And let's just, for the heck of it, say, well, your salary is $100,000 per episode. Mm-hmm. You then can, when you make the deal, you you do have the ability to make a deal with the production company for residuals that are on a little bit different basis than the normal screen actors guild payment it would still it would still work out to be the same but you can tweak it a little bit so that you're getting paid in a kind of a different way or if you're getting $100,000 per episode and going back to what I said originally about it's either the same or double, I do know that it's, it's probably now the same. So you shoot one and you get $100,000 for shooting that episode. Uh, later on, when the residual check shows up, you get $100,000. Really? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Now you, yeah. And that's why people go into show business <laughs> or become thieves or whatever they do. That's, that's the deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are variations of it. Sure. But that would be a kind of a pretty good rule of thumb uh, to expect. Hmm. It's a good deal. W- when it works, boy, it's a good deal. So
1: by this logic, that means that you were originally paid 18 cents to be on Starskin Hutch. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> no, it's the minute. I got 36 cents to, oh. to the original. <laughs> it's now down to 18 cents. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, from Marty Walker. Marty says, I had a dream last night where I was Hawkeye, and we were all in the mess tent ready to play bingo. Right before the game began, Frank yelled as a joke and did that funny little laugh that only Larry Linbill could do. The nurse sitting next to me leaned over and said, he yelled bingo without any balls, to which I responded. I see those anatomy classes I've been giving you are paying off. All right, Marty, we'll do the jokes here, okay? Uh, uh, No, that was funny. I like that. That was funny.
1: Marty, I just have to wonder what you ate before you went to bed that night. Yeah. I I figure, you know, we need to open up a segment of MASH dreams since, you know, there is the infamous dreams episode. Yeah. If you have MASH dreams, uh, you can always send those to us as well at mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. And we will try to interpret those
0: dreams for you for a fee. For for a large residual. (laughs) (laughs) And going back to that residual uh, situation, just for the moment, if I may take this moment in time to do that. If there's anyone out there who knows what a terrible mistake I've made about any of that, and there probably were a couple in there, maybe or maybe not, feel free to uh, write to us and tell me what an idiot I am and what a mistake I made. But I don't think I made too many. But if somebody knows something more than I do, hey, let let us know. Or if you have a dream
1: about residuals, please (laughs) let us know. Uh, Before we go to our next voicemail, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. Ah. This episode of MASH Matters is brought to you by the famous Las Vegas Writers School. Express yourself creatively as you spin tales of the most unforgettable characters. If it's good enough for Hemingway, Steinbeck, and O'Neill, it's good enough for you too. Enroll today for just $50 plus a $5 student activity fee. The famous Las Vegas Writers School, proud sponsor of MASH Matters.
0: Oh, it's great to have you. Great, great. Welcome, welcome, welcome
1: and let's go back to the phones
2: this is bob from illinois like ryan i live in illinois i am a fan of mash i have all 11 seasons on dvd plus the original movie and several of the short documentary subjects i'm not prepared to name a favorite episode but i will say that i am happy to have discovered the mash matters podcast i have just recently finished listening to a podcast ...called The West Wing Weekly, which is another one of my favorite shows. And I really enjoyed the discussion there, and I'm enjoying your discussions on the podcast. And uh, Jeff, if I may say so, I I liked your portrayal of Igor, but I have to tell you... ...that in listening so far to the podcast, and I'm beginning from episode one... ...the voice quality that you have now as you're speaking in, in your normal voice... ...it reminds me of Fred Allen the old radio comedian, because I am also a fan of old-time radio. And it's just interesting to hear the tone. Plus, I've enjoyed your stories so far during the podcast, and I am looking forward to continuing on for as long as you're going to do it.
0: Thank you both so much. Well, Bob... I appreciate you saying that. I really do. Yeah. Well, hey, I was a fan of Fred Allen. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of folks are going to know Fred Allen, but uh, Ryan and I do. And uh, I I certainly was. I'm sure he was. He was a very funny guy. And uh, hey, if I sound like Fred Allen, great. Thank you very much. I'll take it.
1: Yeah, Fred Allen. A lot of people who are listening right now, especially younger listeners, are not going to know who Fred Allen is. And I want to play just a segment from Fred Allen's radio show so you can hear what Fred Allen sounds like.
0: Today is getting late, Portland. I think I better start for Allen's out. Alan. What? Is your question tonight. Well, this is our last program. I'm just going down to the alley and say goodbye to our friends and to ask them where they plan to spend their vacations this summer.
1: Shall we
0: go? As the chorus girl said when the bee lit on her shin, I think I'll shake a leg. So
1: that's Fred Allen. And yeah, I can hear a similarity obviously between Fred Allen and your voice, Jeff. Fred Allen, he was he was very funny and very dry. Yeah. One of the biggest claims to fame was he had a ongoing feud on the radio with Jack Benny, and Jack Benny again. If you've never listened to Jack Benny, you youngsters, you need to go on that Google machine and and listen because, especially, listen to any episodes where Jack Benny and Fred Allen were together because they would just roast one another. And obviously, that was that was just for the air. They weren't feuding in real life. They were they were friends in real life, but on the air, they had a feud that went several years, and it was a lot of fun to follow. Uh, sadly, you know, Fred Allen just never really had the success that Jack Benny did. And his contemporaries did after the big move to TV, because, I mean,
0: Fred Allen, he
1: wasn't necessarily the most handsomest fella in the class, uh, I guess you could
0: say. Yeah, but he had a really good voice. Yeah, he had a great voice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bob said he was in I- I- Illinois, right? Yeah. So are, are you guys going to get together? <laughs> Come on by, Bob. Bring your pet. <laughs> yeah, bring your pet. <laughs> Talk about your dreams and watch Fred right And out. your residual check, and we'll <laughs> hang out. <laughs> We just have entirely too much fun doing this. Yes, we do. I think it's against the law. (laughs) Tony Gonzalez. Hey, hello, Jeff and Ryan. My name is Tony. Long time listener, first time mailer. Oh, that's cute. Before I give you this gem, I want to say I appreciate the tidbits of information gained by listening. Ryan, your knowledge of MASH is incredible. I'm a huge fan, but still learn with listening to you. The same goes for you, Jeff. Excellent job as Private Igor. Your character should have had more screen time. Thank you, Tony. I agree with you. (laughs) Your input from behind the scenes is fantastic. Glad to know no powdered eggs were harmed in the making of each meal. That's true. My dad introduced me to MASH when I was about 11, and it has really stood the test of time. It's still my favorite show. Anyway, here's what I found via YouTube. Uh Uh-oh. It's Jeff. In a red lobster commercial, loving that shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both so much for putting in the time and effort for bringing us this incredible podcast. Abyssinia, yeah. So Tony
1: sent along a YouTube link of nothing but commercials from the uh, late 70s, early 80s, somewhere in there. And right in the middle, all of a sudden, we see Jeff Maxwell (laughs) eating shrimp. (laughs) And I love it because (laughs) that means that Tony just sat down to watch all of these commercials and then made it to about the 35-minute mark. And then, boom, there you were and then sent us the link. And we really do appreciate that, Tony, because I don't know that I would have sat through the first 35 minutes of commercials before we got to Jeff. So thank you for finding that for us. But, Jeff, yeah, you are in a Red Lobster commercial. Do you have any memories of that commercial?
0: Do I have memories uh, of that commercial? Yes, I do. I remember eating a lot of shrimp (laughs) and I I remember... Remember that the Red Lobster representative, great big weird looking red guy with a shell on him. And he was very friendly. He was really a nice person. Sometimes you do a commercial and the people who are, you know, the sponsor, not, of course, not ours. Our sponsor is wonderful. And we certainly like them, and appreciate them. Um, But sometimes those uh, commercial folks can get really snooty and kind of irritated with everybody and they don't like actors and they're kind of irritated that they have to be there and Mm So this guy was really fun and had a great sense of humor so we had a good time doing it now speaking of residuals when somebody does a commercial back in those days it has changed but back in those days you did real well if it was a network commercial if it was on you know one of the networks boy were you happy cuz they had to guarantee you a certain number of runs of that commercial. So you do the show or you do the commercial and you did it for 30 seconds and you ate a hundred thousand shrimp, but over 26 weeks, you'd make a lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> for then doing nothing but going to the mailbox. Hmm. So that's one of the reasons why people loved doing commercials back then, because it was really, really lucrative. And people did really, really well for a long time. Some of the commercials are local commercials and are not necessarily network spots. So they don't pay as well, but they're still pretty good. But yeah, that was a fun commercial to do. I had a good time. The shrimps, the first hundred of them were good. And then I got a little tired
1: of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, aside from the Red Lobster commercial, did you do other commercial shoots? during that time?
0: I did. I have done other commercial shoots. Um, Most of them I don't remember, but (laughs) I did do a whole bunch of them for a while. Yeah, I was real hot and heavy into the commercial world for quite some time.
1: We will put a link to the commercial in our show notes at mashmatterspodcast.com. All right, moving on. Michael D. Brown wants to know, Jeff, are there any posted videos of your work as Garrett and Maxwell?
0: (laughs) That's a great question. I highly doubt it. We did that before there was actually movie cameras or anything like that. (laughs) So mm, I don't think so.
1: So you just did vaudeville is all you did.
0: Just the vaudeville. So getting (laughs) videos of vaudeville is tough. Uh, No, unfortunately, a lot of that work and that was good work for a long time. We had a great time and we did very well. And uh, we travel around and performed in a lot of nightclubs and uh, did two USO tours, which we were very happy to do. And it was a a wonderful experience, both of them were. And it's odd to say, but I became very impressed with the military. (laughs) Hmm. I didn't particularly want to go there, but uh, I really enjoyed working with them and had uh, gained a great deal of respect for everything that they did. It's an amazing group of people. Uh, so I thank everybody in the military for being that. Amen. And so it was a wonderful experience. But unfortunately, not a lot of Garrett and Maxwell stuff was shot on anything. So it's probably not going to be on the internet.
1: Again, if somebody is listening for the first time, can you just give us a quick Reader's Digest version of who was Garrett and Maxwell?
0: Garrett and Maxwell was a, an idea that uh, myself and my friend in high school came up with. He and I used to goof around all the time and I goofed around a little too much and he made much better grades than I did I was <laughs> I was still goofing around too much but uh, we had so much fun and we laughed so much and had a great time being funny and trying to be silly, uh, through our, our most of our classes. Uh, and he was also interested in acting. And so together we just said, gee, you know, and people that w- we'd go to parties or something with a bunch of other kids and, and we'd make them laugh. Things that we say would, you know, all the other kids would laugh at it. So we said, gee, why don't we, maybe we'd be a comedy team, see what happens. And, uh, we did we started out in high school and we put together a little act and came up with some jokes and uh, the high school said okay well you can you know do it at the talent show <laughs> which we did and we were kind of successful and so we kept doing it we actually had a third party it was a girl and it was the three of us and we would get hired at parties to do our little sketches and things later on she said you know I think I want to go get married and have kids and do stuff and I don't want to fool around as a comedy team anymore so bill is uh, and it was Bill Garrett and I just continued on and we did it for about seven years and had a great time.
1: Yeah, and w- we've mentioned that uh, your your partner, Bill Garrett, was an extra in a couple of MASH episodes, mm-hmm. including yes. the big group photo shot in the episode Big Mac. He is standing right next to you. Yeah. In the big group that moves a few steps to the left, a few steps to the right. So if you're looking for uh, Bill Garrett, you can find him in a couple of episodes of MASH.
0: Interesting you say that because actually I realized that that is probably the only video of garrett maxwell (laughs) right
1: there there it is we found it
0: (laughs) and jesper from germany he says i would love to know uh, what mash episodes you would show to your friends if they didn't know mash when i was younger i used to show them five o'clock charlie because i found this one particularly funny now that i'm older i think it doesn't represent what mash is all about I now show them two episodes. The first one would be the legendary Tuttle, which is one of the funniest episodes in my opinion. The other one is Sometimes You Hear the Bullet, which shows the deeper side of MASH and how well they dealt with the complicated subject of war. I would love to hear your opinion on that. Okay, well, you know, it's funny because
1: I just watched this episode the other night. I'm I'm right now in the in the process of going and rewatching season five because, you know, eventually someday in the next two or three years we're gonna do our season five recap. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I'm, I'm slowly making my way back through season five. Of course, I've watched all of these episodes many, many times, but I, I'm watching them with a, a closer, more critical eye this time because, you know, I'm, I'm typically trying to whittle down to what my top three and my favorite episodes are. And this episode I watched just the other night, and I think it might just be the best episode to show somebody who does not know MASH, and it's Dear Sigmund which is an episode that was written and directed by Alan Alda, and it is focused on Sydney. Now, obviously, Sydney is not a regular main cast member on MASH, but Sydney is spending some time at the 4077th, and he's writing a letter to Sigmund Freud. And in this letter, he essentially is telling Sigmund why the 4077th is such a special place. And in doing so, he breaks down individually each Character. And I think it's a great MASH 101 episode to show somebody because first of all, you get Sydney, which is always a plus, and through Sydney's eyes, you are either being introduced or reintroduced to these wonderful characters and what makes them so special. So if I had to, I think this might just be Jesper, just the episode that I would show my friends who don't know MASH, and that would be season five Dear Segment. Me too. <laughs> And any other episode, obviously, that has
0: Private Igor. I, absolutely, thank you for saying that. Yes,
1: you know, I, I, I mean, I haven't made it all the way back through season five yet, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that Dear Sigmund may just be in my top three for that season. Wow, we'll find out in September of 2024.
0: 2024. <laughs> and we're able to go to the market uh, without, <laughs> right? Without a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
1: <laughs> all right one more voicemail let's go back here this one is from john
2: hi jeff and ryan this is john fisher calling from new new york just want to tell you how much i love your show i've listened to all of them and wanted to let you know that i collect mash in a way that's probably a little unique i have over 30 episodes of mash on 16 millimeter film that are the original syndication prints from the show oh. you can probably explain to the audience what
1: the syndication prints were But, uh, just wanted to let you know that's how I collect and I, I love my
2: Igor episodes. (laughs) Uh, still looking for Adam's ribs. So if you know anybody who has one on 16 millimeter, let me know. Thanks guys. Have a great day and I love your show
0: wow yeah how about that huh wow 16 millimeter film boy you got to take care of that because it's i think it turns into gelatin after a certain period of time <laughs> uh wow what an interesting thing to collect now there i mean that's uh you know that's kind of a wide piece of film 16 millimeter mm-hmm. uh, they take up room so he must have a good cupboard <laughs> to put those prints in
1: yeah and i am impressed because i imagine that a lot of those because they're you know those would be on those big reels I'm I'm assuming because they do take up so much room I imagine that a lot of them were probably tossed at some point Yeah. so they're they're scarce and John the fact that you not only collect them but you basically uh, rescue them as well I think is really really cool yeah
0: and I, I think what he's referring to if he's saying I may be able to explain it I think that the studio did supply local television stations not networks but local television stations with six 16 millimeter prints that they would then show on the air so there that was a lot of work back then now it's just you know who cares it's all digital and whatever right but a 16 millimeter print is a kind of a different animal to work with uh and requires a lot of sensitivity and care and they can you know they can break and then you got to put them back together and all that kind of stuff so yeah interesting that he's collecting that that's kind of cool
1: i'm wondering john you didn't mention in your voicemail but john do you watch them <laughs> Do you have a projector and do you watch them, or do you just collect them to preserve them? It, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I love uh, hearing about people's collections. And if anybody else collects mash on 16 millimeter, let us know. Maybe you and John can get together and have a little 16 millimeter mash club.
0: Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I like yeah. it. And you could hire uh, Ryan and I to come and uh, and sit there while you play them all, and we'll eat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we'll get residual checks every yeah, time we watch every, them yeah
0: uh before we get to our big
1: announcement and it is a big announcement so stick around a few more minutes but i wanted to read you something jeff and this is something that i have not sent to you in advance oh it's it's an email that we received and actually i i apologize to the young lady who who wrote this oh because <laughs> am i
0: gonna have to apologize as well because <laughs>
1: no. it's possible Don't worry. This is not a Maury Povich thing. Don't worry. Don't
0: worry. Oh, good. Thank you.
1: It's actually a very touching letter that came in from a young lady named Jennifer. And she wrote this a while back. And I apologize, Jennifer, that things have just gotten pushed back. So let me just read this. This is from Jennifer. Hello, gentlemen. I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. I want Jeff to know I am forever grateful that he was a ninny and creamed Father Mulcahy's corn. I will explain why in a moment. I am a 30-year-old woman living in a small town in Illinois, about three hours away from Ottumwa, Iowa. I always turned to MASH during dark times in my life. My parents were alcoholics, and when I was alone and 12 years old, raising my two younger sisters, MASH was there. MASH was always there. When I was going through dark times in my life and nowhere to go, I knew I could go to the 4077th and visit Hawkeye, Margaret, BJ, the dad I wish I had, Colonel Potter, and the rest. When I was pregnant with my daughter, who is now nine, and I had to be in the hospital due to severe complications, I would always find mash, and it was always a war for all seasons. And the creamed corn gave me a great laugh. I even gave birth as that episode was playing. (laughs) It must have been a sign of some kind. I don't know what. About a year ago, I lost my job I loved and I found myself in a deep depression and couldn't get out of bed for days and days. I stopped eating and just didn't care. My husband turned on my DVDs of MASH for me and sat with me for days on end and watched it. And finally I got out of bed because of MASH. I cannot begin to thank Jeff and the people involved in MASH enough. I know I'm a young person watching the series, but every night I still pop in a DVD and watch it till I sleep. It's getting to the point my box set isn't playing all that well because I watch it so much, but it's worth it. Thanks again. I appreciate all of you putting together this podcast. See you around, Jennifer.
0: Wow. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. Would you read that again?
1: <laughs> I don't know that I can.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, That is I, that brought tears in my eyes. Wow.
1: Yeah, when she sent that in, the heading for the email was, MASH saved my life.
0: Oh, my goodness. Jennifer, thank you so much for saying that and saying those wonderful, nice things. And uh, I hope uh, uh, all is well in your life. My goodness, people go through so many different trials and tribulations. We all do. Uh, and I hope yours is, uh, has uh, evened out and you're having a wonderful life with your family and your child. And I hope so. Uh, my heart goes out and uh, all my best wishes. But thank you so much for saying something like that. You know, when we did that show, obviously, and I've said this, uh, I'm the half that that show was a job too. And I would go there and they'd pay me to do it. Uh, there are people who say, hey, I would have done it anyway, even if they hadn't paid me. And I had a thought about it, um, but uh, it was a job. And when we were doing it, nobody really knew the impact that this kind of show would have. We began to get inklings of it, but uh, hearing your wonderful letter uh, about your issues and trials and tribulations really brings it home. And so uh, it's uh, it's an emotional thing. Uh, for me to hear that. And, uh, I hope to share it with the entire cast because, uh, what you said was just uh, really remarkable. So thank you for sending that in. Sorry. I sprung that on you. <laughs> no, no, I, I, that's why we're doing this mash matters. And you were getting the uh, wonderful experience of hearing why it does. Um, and, uh, I it's, it's always, always, always a, a, a wonderful treat not to hear her problems, But to hear that MASH helped soothe some of them, at least a little bit. And hey, you do the best you can with the stuff you got. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for writing it. Yeah. All
1: right. So now we're going to awkwardly transition from that into a big announcement. Yeah. You know, when we started this podcast almost two years ago, we're, we're coming up on our two-year anniversary of MASH Matters, and that plays into our announcement here. When we started this podcast, I didn't know what was going to happen. We just started it blindly and just said, let's try it and see where it goes, you know, it only me last three episodes. and
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, you know, it actually only did last three episodes. We just haven't figured that out yet. We're still doing it. We
1: didn't know. We pretty much did plateau at episode three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I just didn't know what to expect from this. And what a roller coaster ride this has been. I mean, it has been so awesome to not only hear from so many MASH fans and hear about how the series has impacted you and the questions that you ask are just amazing. And thank you, thank you, thank you. We do this for you. The other awesome thing about this podcast, and this is me personally, I get a chance to talk to people that I never thought in a million years that I would talk to. And that ranges from writers like John Rappaport and Dan Wilcox and the lovely Kelly Nakahara, all the way up to uh, Mike Farrell and Loretta Switt and Gary Berghoff and Jamie Farr. I mean, it, it, it couldn't get any better than that, except it's about to. <laughs> So this is episode 44. Episode 46 will be our two-year anniversary. And we thought, what better way to celebrate than talking to the one, the only, Alan Alda.
0: Ooh, you guys got Alan Alda on this show? Wow. (laughs) Oh, I want to listen to that one. I do too, right? (laughs) Oh, it's going to be good.
1: Wow. I just got goosebumps saying that. I mean, I still can't believe that Alan Alda would be on our podcast. I mean, two years ago when we started this, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we could talk to the key grip? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, you know, maybe the caterer at some point, that would be fantastic. (laughs) Never in a trillion years did I think that I would ever have the opportunity to talk with Hawkeye Pierce himself.
0: Our representatives uh, are tying him up right now uh, and securing him to his desk. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. See? We told you it was a big announcement. Yeah. We told you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's episode 46, right? Is that what you said? Episode
1: 46.
0: Going to be exciting.
1: So we have that to look forward to. Now, the question is, where do we go from there? (laughs) Hmm. I mean, after Alan Alda, it's pretty much downhill all the way, right? Yeah.
0: Well, we'll go back to the key grip uh, (laughs) and the caterer.
1: We'll just have to wrap it up and start a a new podcast called Aftermath Matters.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, it's good for about six weeks. That's it. <laughs> oh, golly. Oh, so anyway, it's exciting. And
1: uh, thank you all for coming along on the ride with this. Uh, this is all because of you.
0: You know, after Alan Alda, there is after Alan Alda. We do have some other surprises in the uh, hopper as well. But hey, Alan Alda. Alan Alda. I can't wait. Love that guy. He's pretty cool. Tall. He's a tall guy. Very tall. If he fell down, he'd be out of town.
1: (laughs) All right. Until next time, here's looking up your old address.